wait, wait, you, you want me to be like funny haha or funny what I'd do with David Tennant and Nathan Fillion with two hours and a bottle of baby oil? Oh, oh, okay. Um, hi, this is Julie Maris from Wicked Unscripted, and here comes Sci Fi Saturday Night. We will begin a mass invasion. We'll tell your people to surrender now and avoid war. Don't think you get me so easily! It is now time for us to put Earth under our roof. It's your sacred duty to tell us the truth. Confess, confess that you will give you witchcraft. Can overrun the entire world? We cannot be defeated. We have never been defeated. That is the message to bring your people. Yeah, they're dead. They're all messed up. Five by Saturday night. Welcome to yet another Area 51 recording of Sci-Fi Saturday Night. The only podcast to guarantee that if you listen, you'll hear stuff. This week in episode 440, my God, we expect time pirates, among other things. So let's see how that works out. Today we have another in what we are calling our panicking pandemonium pandemic shows. Because of the need for social distancing and the clogging of the intertubes and the whole worldwide is on the web and it's a pain in the butt to get a solid signal anywhere. So we're using a paired back cast and hoping for the best. Whatever happens, happens at this point. So bear with us. Look out for the bear. In the Area 51 broadcast facility tonight, it's just Captain Cam and me joining us tonight, however. We want to welcome the illustrious, to the illustrious Five Timers Club, a friend of the show, with some new stuff to talk about and a name I have never gotten right. So please welcome Richard Polinelli. Hey, you got it right. <laughs> thanks, thanks for uh, having me back on the show. And there you go. We we practice makes perfect. You got the last name this time. And you are you are the ninth member of the Five Timers Club. So welcome. We are sending the jacket via Federal Express. Make sure to spray it down with Lysol afterwards. You never know where it's been. <laughs> Well, I I am uh, very proud to be a member of the uh, that rare rare club there. That's I I didn't realize this was five times. This well, we sat and we counted, and I have a little thing that says, "Yo, this is his fifth this time." And fifth. I just got, he was that silly to come back five times. But yeah, I mean, some people are gluttons for punishment; others just kind of you know. Like me for some ungodly reason. <laughs> well, I I always have a great time when I'm on the show. So if you wanna if you wanna make me the uh, charter member of the Six Timers Club, I am ready whenever you are. You're the best, my friend. You're the best. I got an email from you about uh, four, five, six months ago, maybe uh, during mm-hmm. uh, during during a gray period in my life, which we're not going to get into. That said, I'm I'm starting up this this newsletter. Would you like to be a part of it? And in my in my medically induced stupor, I clicked yes. So that every week I get like your 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 uh, sci-fi scribe newsletter, which I uh, quite frankly enjoy. And then you started saying uh, we're going to do something called 
Sci-Fi Fridays. And on Sci-Fi Fridays, you basically say, want to read something cool? Here's the link, and here's what it's about. How did this come about for you? Well, this was a an idea um, from a uh, marketing person that I, I brought on to kind of help me uh, carry the load as far as marketing come, you know, goes. And she came up with the idea of tracking down um, books that are free on Amazon and then posting the link out there so that, you know, people who are just looking for a, a free read can go out there and, and, and find the book. And it works really good because I started doing uh, on every Saturday what I call the 1K weekly serial series. So by having that on Friday, it kind of got everybody's attention and and got them set up for the next day when uh, when my stuff would come out. And that's that's just a it's a, a new chapter of whatever story I happen to be working on for the series comes out every Saturday. So it it really worked well. It's it's been well received. And um, I kind of missed last Friday, but uh, there has been some medical things going on. So uh Get back onto that and give that. There's medical bit. stuff going on everywhere. Well, Welcome yeah, but I, de I decided to get. Uh, I decided to come down with shingles and get hit right in the oh, face. So, sure, sure. yeah, it it kind of it kind of threw me off schedule a little bit. But it, it's it's something that's it's fun to do, and it helps people uh, find other authors that are out there. And that's kind of what I like to do is is help authors who are just getting started get them some notice as well. Um, and, and maybe you know, help them get their career going. And then on, on Saturdays, you post what? It's What I do is I, I have a short story. Um, at first, it was two stories that I had already done. And I take um, uh, each week, there's a chapter. It's roughly a 1,000 words. Uh, sometimes it could be one week, it was all the way up to 2,000. That's just because the way the chapter went. And you can go onto the website. You can click on the link for the latest chapter, and if you've been you've been following along, you just read the next chapter in the story, and then next Saturday you come back for for the next chapter. Or you can cheat and wait till I get the story completely done, and go to the website and, and scroll to where that story is, and all chapters will be listed with links, and you can just kind of read it all in one shot if you want to. Um, it's just something I wanted to do. Uh, it 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 reminded me of something Ray Bradbury did many, many years ago. He would go into a bookstore, sit down with his typewriter, put a piece of paper in and tell somebody, okay, give me three, three of these, you know, three, three concepts. And they would, yep. they would yell out three things and he would pound out a short story right there. So this is yep. kind of my, my Ray Bradbury thing that I'm doing. Only I, I only do a chapter a week and, and it actually helps me with my writing in a way too. It, it kind of, you know, it gives me something new to get away from. If I'm kind of stuck on something, I'll, I'll do the next chapter of the weekly series and then I'll come back. So it, it it's helpful for me and it's, it's something good that I can do for people who visit the site and it's completely free. So they don't have to worry about, you know, coming up with money. And I, I know a lot of authors have a, a paywall where you have to pay for something like that. And it's just something I just didn't want to do. Now, did you at some point have like a Patreon series as well? I, you know what, I, I went to set up Patreon, and it, it, it's there's a lot of stuff you have to do. 
Um, there's all, everybody seems to be on Patreon. So, you know, trying to come up with something that will catch everybody's eye. You know, I finally said, you know what? It's, it's not really worth it. I don't have the time to devote to it to make it work. And that's where I kind of got the idea of just doing the, the free weekly serial and, uh, and just kind of go from there. So if somebody catches through your newsletter, uh, I'm on episode six of this 1K series, and they go to it and they're in the middle of a story. They can go back and read those first five segments. Yep, yep. Um, on the, the main page, for the, there's a, a, a page dedicated just to the serial series. Every one, every story that I've done is up there in order that they've been uh, listed. The most current story will be at the top. And right now that's a Star Trek fan fiction that I'm doing. Um, so you can go through there and scroll down and go, okay, like uh, murder in second reel or monster in the second reel. I'm sorry. Monster in second reel. You can, you, that catches your attention. You can go in there and the entire story is there now in, in the different chapters. I don't remember how many, I think it's three or five chapters and you can read the whole thing start to finish. Now, Star Trek fan fiction um, mm -hmm. is really not a fair thing to call an author who's written Star Trek stuff before. I mean, well, <laughs> it's it's not it's yeah, I've written Star Trek like stuff, but I've never written anything in the Star Trek universe. And I've had this I've had this idea for a Star Trek book for a long time. And I don't want to go through all the hoops of getting an agent and then trying to pitch it to the only publisher who it could sell to, you know, that's a, that's a long right. process and, and a big hassle. And I came across a group that, that lists all these Star Trek fan fiction pieces that are out there. And I, I noticed that you are allowed to write Star Trek fan fiction as long as you list it as such. And as long as you're not doing anything with it that is trying to promote sales for something else. So I figure, well, okay, I've got this weekly serial series. I could kill off a year just on this Star Trek story. So why not? Let's just roll with that. And then I can do my Star Trek uh, story that I've always wanted to do and, and take care of, uh, you know, kill two birds with one stone, take care of the, this weekly series. So I went ahead and did it. We're uh, actually chapter nine just dropped a couple of days back. Um, and I'm breaking, I'm breaking the thing up into three different categories. There'll be um, a section that takes place during the Star Trek enterprise TV series timeline. There's the next section will take place during the original series timeline. And then the final segment will take place during the next generation timeline. Okay. Well, you have never been away, you have never been an author who shies away from a subject or a theme. You have written in just about every genre, including, you know, sports reporting, uh -huh. regular news, journalism. Um, um, never write any horror that I can yeah. I don't. Yeah. Oh, uh, figures. Sure, well, that figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, as you should know, um, <laughs> we. I, there's actually a short story in the in the weekly series that was supposed to be in uh, my peculiar family too, 
Um, and it's, when that didn't go off, I, I wanted to get that story out. So I've written uh, Spinster's Manor. I've had two other uh, in that. It's one's in an anthology called Secret Stairs, which was Nothing Ever Happens Here. Um, and it was the first story in the anthology. And I was sweating bullets when I found out I was the first one because, you know, that first story is the one that's going to make or break for people deciding if they want to read on, right? Yeah, so, better be good, yeah. So so now I've got the weight of this entire anthology sitting right on my back. Um, and it, it, it actually became a number one bestseller. So I'm like, whew, thank you. Um, now, there's one other one I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember what the other one was. Oh, yes, uh, another anthology from, it's called Places Beyond the Wild. And it's a, in uh, Daniel Humphrey's Z-Day universe. And it deals with a zombie outbreak uh, that was generated in a lab. Kind of sounds like what's going on today. Um, and uh, mine was the uh, oh oh, oh yeah. how how dare you dare you bring up that 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 what may or may not actually have not yeah, been yeah I know bad bad author bad author um, but yeah I've, I've done I've I've done I've done three now and um, I don't know if it's something I'll be doing a lot of but. Yeah, I, I enjoy jumping around a little bit. I mean, I just um, I just did a story in military science fiction, which I've never written before. And it's going to be coming out in an anthology at the end of the month called uh, Space Force Building the Legacy. And that comes out on May 25th. So, you know, I, I think pretty much romance and erotica are probably the only two you'll never catch me in. Oh, see, I was just going to ask, when is that going to happen? But no, okay, clearly, clearly not. <laughs> No, I just, you know, I don't, I don't see myself getting into those at any time, but you know, I, I can honestly say I probably haven't seen myself writing in some of the genres I do. So it's unlikely, but not impossible. We'll leave it at that. How the hell does that muse hit you to say, here's where I'm going next? So sometimes it's just somebody uh, with, the, with the anthology. Somebody I know will put out a call, and they'll say, "Hey, we're we're going to do this anthology, and here's here's what the theme is." And you know, sometimes a light bulb goes off, and and I go, "Okay, uh, let's see, you know, let's see what happens if I develop this a little bit," um, and it just kind of goes from there. I mean, we've got <laughs> we've got an anthology I just submitted to. That's the it's officially called the chicken anthology and it's going to be stories, sci-fi fantasy type stories, but based around a chicken of some sort. And I somehow or another cooked up a, a story for that and submitted it. And we'll, we'll wait and see what happens with that. OK, the, the, <laughs> the visual pun of cooking up the chicken. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm I not went even going to touch that. <laughs> I, w I went there, um, but yeah, it's just sometimes, sometimes I, I'll hear something um, and it just kind of, it, uh, a couple of brain cells smashed together and, and off we go. So I, I don't know if I could really explain it scientifically other than, you know, I, I just, I cook up an idea and, and develop it out and uh, sometimes uh, I get them finished to where I can submit them. And sometimes I, I give them a, a very quiet burial in my uh, trash bin on my computer and never, never speak of them again. So oh, it, oh, don't do that because I've, a number of writers that I've spoken to have said, you know, I found something I did like nine years ago 
and I didn't want to touch it, and it was terrible. And I'm reading it now, and it's not that bad. So I'm going to kind of put it out there and see what happens. Well, and it sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm kind of thinking of some of the stuff I've gotten into. Um, some stuff just kind of falls down from the sky and, and clobbers me upside the head when I'm not looking. I mean, the last time we talked, um, it, I, it's been quite some time, uh, an anthology series I was a part of, the original publisher folded uh, with, with several more volumes to go. Uh, and I, I, I wound up, uh, my business partner and I, we, we have our own publishing house, a very small one, and we decided to pick up the series. And that's pretty much been my life the last five months is getting that series you know, out. We've got three brand new ones. We're, we're re-releasing the original five. And then we've got uh, the last three after that. So between now and February, we're going to have an 11-book anthology series. Um, called the Planetary Anthology series coming out. And so uh, being on the publishing side of it, um, it, it keeps you busy. Oh, yes, it does, sir. Let me be the first to agree with you on that one. Yeah, <laughs> as, as you well know. <clears throat> but, you know, so I, somehow or another, I just uh, I keep busy and I just uh, minding my own business and, and something comes along and off we go. So, well. Part of the email that, that you sent out to me, uh, actually to the show, which got to me and it went, Dome, you better read this one. This one sounds really weird. Yeah, I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I want to talk about this. I'm attaching PDFs of the first two books in the Timeless series that I am co-writing with my grandson. Yep. And I stopped for a moment and I said, Hmm, this could be very interesting. So I started reading the book and Cam started reading the book and I started taking some notes uh, that began with, okay, so this is uh, a thousand and one Arabian nights meets steampunk, steampunk in a very real way. Where Shaz Shahrazad has played by a steampunk space pirate. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and I kept getting this visualization that just wouldn't come together. And Cam said, then let me talk about it. So, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> well, it's, it's interesting because as I was reading this, I love this concept where, and oh, actually I'll let you talk about it instead of me babbling on about it, but it's this great little concept you have here where you have these pirates and they're, they've been, you know, sh shanghai Pirates being Shanghai to basically hunt down this person. And would, uh, if you'd like to maybe explain a little further about that. Yeah. Um, it, the, the, it starts off uh, on a, a prison on Pluto. And uh, we, we have our, one of our main characters is little John Singapore. And he is a pirate. He is the first mate of the pirate ship Timeless. And he has been, um, he's scheduled to be hanged at a, a date to be determined by lottery, which is the way they do it in the prison there. Um, but he has information that the uh, planetary, uh, the solar system gov government wants to know before they hang him. So they've sent this, uh, this young journalist in 
to try to talk to him and see what uh, see what they can, he can get because he's not talking to the governor now. And so it, it starts off with um, the journalist meeting Singapore um, and manages to get him to agree to tell the story of the timeless. Uh, it's Captain Rock Congo and the the infamous interstellar thief, Duchess Moran, who they were Shanghaied into going after. Um, the first book, they they chase her back to um, uh, Sparta, ancient uh, Greece, and she has decided she's going to go back in, in, in the past and change Earth's history because the people of Earth in her present time are just they're just getting in the way of all of her plans and she's sick and tired of us. So she's going to go back, change history and hopefully uh, get rid of these pesky earthlings so she can go about stealing her, her way through the universe. Uh, so she goes back to kidnap King Leonidas so that he won't be there to lead the Spartans against the Persians. And uh, our, our pirates have to chase after her, rescue the King and get him to his appointment with the Persians at the hot gates um, which they, well, I better, they obviously do. Uh, and then Duchess Moran takes off. And so now they are going to be chasing her for the rest of the series through all sorts of places. Uh, the second book takes place in ancient Egypt. And uh, the, the third place is, the third book is actually going to be more of a Vikings story. So we're probably in the 13th, 14th century. And it just kind of goes on that. she's She's looking for different objects to help her um, change the past and get rid of the, the earth the way it's currently set up so she can go about her business. And these two and the ship uh, are chasing after her to try to keep that from happening. And the challenge for me is I wanted, I wanted it to be aimed more toward the younger readers and include some historical facts in the story itself um, so that they, they're not only getting entertained, but they're also kind of getting a, an early introduction into, into basic history. So, uh, you know, that, that was kind of the, the motivation behind that and also uh, to do something with my grandson. And so when he comes out to visit this summer, we've got to write the last four. Uh, basically just got to get, get, get some things pinpointed as far as what we want to include and then by the end of this year, the, the last four will be out. But it's it's been a fun series to do. Um, there, there's some intrigue. Uh, and I hope that, that older readers will enjoy reading it as much as the younger readers do. So it's kind of a, a tough balance to where it's going to be entertaining for that wide of a, an age group. But um, so far, I think it's been working. I found that, you know, as a young, as a, you know, obviously older reader, um, that it was actually rather good. I, I, found, I loved the little bits of history, the whole thing very entertaining, and it had a lot of fun. Um, the, the, the characters are rather interesting, at least of the, the, the few that we've met so far. And there was something else. Yes, that was what it was. Because I'm thinking about it, because you're doing the whole pirate theme, and it's, it, pirates have always been a, a a fan favorite of mine. There's also this kind of, um, I cannot think of his name, but the boy from Treasure Island is mm -hmm. almost who I see in, in your, your, your young journalist character. He's, he's somebody that's thrown in amongst pirates and now has to, you know, learn their ways, even if he's only getting thrown into a jail cell <laughs> with John Singapore, who was. Yeah, he's, he's getting, yeah, a, so it, he's, it, it, 
he's getting a bit of an education and he's starting, he's going to start seeing uh, the governor, um, Garibaldi, in a different light as we go. And, and he is going to get, um, he's going to become more of a character and, and have more of a role as the series develops, um, as he gets to know uh, John a little bit better and, and finds out what's really going on. Um, so it, it's it's been fun putting his character in. The the character that surprised me the most so far is actually Little John Singapore, because this book was really the series was really supposed to be mostly Congo and Moran as they they kind of joust their way um, through through time and space, and somehow or another Singapore has kind of taken over as the main character, and I'm not sure when that happened, but um, it's it's. He's doing such a great job telling the story. I'm just getting out of his way and letting him. Well, you and I both know that a lot of times you create a, a set of characters. What you kind of have to do with characters like that. Yeah. Right. And, and then these characters go where they want to go, do what they want to do. Yeah, it, it's funny. When I, the, when I wrote the first one and I sent it uh, to my editor, Don Ireland, um, I caught myself for the next three days talking like John when I was writing an email. You know, instead of I want to go over and get my car, it's like I'm going to go get me car. You know, and I'm like, where is this pirate <laughs> stuff coming from? <laughs> you know, so I have to go back and edit again because no, I'm not <laughs> little John Singapore. Quit talking like him. You know, so it's it's strange how he's kind of taken over. But um, I don't think the series would be as good as it's as it's as it's been so far without him becoming kind of the, the central figure in this thing as he's telling the story. So it's been fun. It's, it's been fun writing it. And uh, and I, I think everybody's going to have uh, a lot of fun reading it, especially when we get to the last book. The last book's really going to be a blast. So in this series, you've done something that you don't normally do. Yeah, I, I put a I put a working pirate ship that should be sailing on the ocean out in, in the space. space. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, aside from the logistics of that, you completely uh, uh, obliterate technology mm -hmm. and reinvent it. Then you take a book, and it's it's a steampunk novel. It's a uh, an adventure novel, it's a science fiction novel, it's a young adult novel, it's not a young adult novel. <laughs> so, I mean, once again, you've managed to avoid virtually every single pigeonhole. Nice job there. But the real question is, what made you decide to do this with your grandson, Gibson? It, it was... As he's gotten older and old enough, um, this was something that I could do with him. Uh, he's a very creative kid. Um, he's he's leaning more toward the actual, you know, drawing aspect of arts. But he's got some great ideas that he cooks up, and I, you know, I wanted to do something with him um, that we could both enjoy. And we got to talking. Uh, I, I think a few years ago, he loves pirates. 
uh, he he loves zombies and mummies and 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 all the stuff that you're going to see in this in this series is stuff that he was really into, and so I I you know was sitting there trying to think of what what we could do and kind of hit on the idea and and talk to him about it. Said, here's what I want to do. Um, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? And he 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 jumped right in on it. So um, it, it was it was fun. Um, when he got his first copy of the first book, um, it was it was really fun to to see the reaction when he got that because it's got his name on it. You know, he could, he, he goes, I don't know if I want to take it to school though. And I go, well, why not? You know, and I'm I'm like, I will send a copy of this book to everybody in your school. You just say the word, and I will I will send it and have your teachers give everybody a copy. And he goes, no, you know, because he's kind of he's he's a little shy about those kind of things. But you could see just in the way he looked at it and just the way he talks about it that he was he was really thrilled that, that we were able to do this. So uh, he's coming out to visit for about a month, and uh, we'll kind of we'll we'll get it finished off. I've I've got a well, lot of it done, but he's got he's got to get his seal of approval on it before I can release it. Here, here's a thought. I'll bet you the librarian at his school would love to have a copy there. They hopefully they've got one because I did send one to them. Perfect, perfect. That's the yeah. best thing you can do. That's 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 wonderful. So. Do you guys sit down, work things out together, work things out specifically? Uh, does he come with ideas or do you come with ideas? And uh, because this has got to be a different kind of collaboration than you're normally used to. <laughs> yeah, with, with most collaborations, you know, I'm doing half the writing. Um, this one, I'm doing all the writing, but he's becoming quite the little research assistant because he he's got all this stuff. He's like, when we, when we are talking about doing uh, Owen's runes, which is the next one, he's like, okay, I've got all this stuff on Vikings. And you know, when you do this, you, you, you want to include that and you got to have this. And nice. I'm like, hang on kid. Let me, I'm, I'm taking notes, slow down. <laughs> yeah. So um, he, he's, he, he comes up with the, with what he would like to see in it. And that's pretty much what I've based the six books on, is is what he came up with, what he what he would like to see. Um, the the reason why we went to ancient Egypt in the second book is he likes mummies. So there you go, zombie mummies. Oh so, well, you know, they're the best kind. Come on, the best right kind, now. right? So that's why you know a lot of the, a lot of the fantasy aspects of what what are what's going to be in this series is is kind of based on talking with him and. And getting an idea of what he what he likes, so it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I don't know if he's going to be a writer later, um, but you know it, it's going to be one of those things that we can put up on the bookshelf and and be really happy we did. So that's what really counts. One of the most important aspects of this series is a. I don't even know if it's a technical technological event called the Great Dark. Mm -hmm. And the great dark in many ways resembles uh, what we here on Earth would look at, look as a, an EMP yeah. or a, a solar flare, which essentially just fries all the electronics and nothing works anymore that is electronic. 
Yeah, it's a it's it's a galaxy wide blackout. And uh, the the theory is that the Milky Way has passing through an area of space in which electronics just are they they do not function in this area. And nobody knows how long it will take for the galaxy to move out, if it will ever move out. So they've had to come up with alternate ways of traveling about and uh, getting creative with new technology that would work. And in this case, it's uh, it's called Aether. And I, I did a little research on that. And I, I have a NASA scientist literally in my back pocket. Uh, she's, a, she's a writer who has spent 30 years at NASA. Uh, and I anytime I hit a, a technological snag, I uh, drop her an email and go, okay, here's what I'm trying to accomplish. How can I do this? And what am I me, missing? Right. Yeah. So she goes, okay, that won't work. But if you did it this way, it would work. And I'm like, okay. So, nice. I, I, yeah. So it's nice to have that resource um, to to come up with. So it was just working out how you could still get people traveling to and fro throughout the the galaxy in a in a massive electronic uh, blackout, and then. Um, I got away with a little hand wavium as far as how you can have a pirate ship with people walking around on the deck out in the middle of space. Um, but that wasn't, you know, I didn't have to stretch too far to make that work. But a it, little it's a hand wavium. I like a little, that. A little hand wavium, you know. <laughs> like, okay, the stuff's happening someplace else. <laughs> yep, there you go. A little hand wave, and there you go. We're problem solved. But, um, you know, it's just, I, I wanted to have it where the ship could easily transition and be sailing on water, which it does uh, when we, I think when we first meet the ship uh, in, in Timeless, they're, they're actually on a sea. Uh, they can s sail through the air, which they do a little bit later. And of course they, they wander about in space and, and travel through time. And it's all connected to the engine um, that, that powers the ship. Um, and it just, it, it works enough that uh, you know people buy into the explanation and they don't get hung up on it and they can just go forward with the story and that's really that's really all you can ask is if there's, if there's enough explanation to willingly suspend disbelief that's yeah. fine yep and <laughs> and that's that was when i when i sent it to my editor i said now be very very um critical about certain parts here and let me know if i've just completely jumped off the cliff and gone way too far. And uh, she came up with some good ideas. So it's nice that I have, you know, I have the NASA scientist and I have a fantastic editor uh, to help kind of shape this and, and make it work. So your next four books are these. Uh, Odin's Runes, um, Empire of the Golden Dragon, Blackbeard's Treasure, and The Last Quest. Well, you've got a long summer ahead of you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds I, like a fun summer. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's just that's just for that. I mean, I'm looking at my to-do board because we're we're still producing the anthologies for Tuscany Bay books. And I've got, well, let's see, uh, two, four, six. I got eight anthologies to format. I've got the Timeless series to write. 
I'm uh, updating from the field so that it incorporates the last five seasons of football in Turlock. So it's got the entire first century of football. And then, oh, yeah, I've got three books I want to write before the year is over. So, yeah, I got nothing. Ah, perfect. <laughs> you know, if only you knew how to portion out your time and make things work a little better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Cam, you were going to ask something. Oh yeah, I was just going to bring up because I, I read both Spinster's Manor and the Monsters in the Second Reel, and both of these were your one K series, and the Monster in the Second Reel was just, it was so much fun to read this story. If and if very much, if from what I understood, because I read the very bottom of it, that it was originally meant for a, an anthology series and didn't get selected. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kevin J. Anderson, who uh, teamed up with Brian uh, Herbert to do the Dune books after Frank Herbert died, uh, Kevin was doing an anthology, and it was based on movies, monsters, and mayhem. And, you know, I'm, I'm like, hey, okay, that I'm going to jump in on that. So I was uh, coming up, trying to come up with some ideas, and I have a story idea called the Jesuit, and I figured, okay, let's take um, let's take this character and put him into this short story and use it to introduce the character for when I do write this book, uh, which is supposed to be sometime next year, and and just incorporate the the movie you know the movies and monsters theme that kevin was looking for so i i put it together uh sent it in and they had the first round of cuts and it made it past the first round and then i guess it got to the last cuts and my understanding is it was the last story cut so it just missed getting in which was disappointing but I, I went ahead and put it into the 1K Weekly series so that I could I could still do what I wanted to, which was to introduce the character for later on when I do the book. And um, it, it I was able to get the things in that I wanted to and still stay true to what Kevin's theme was, and I didn't have to rewrite it for the the series. So, um, you know, it, it was it was fun to write. Um, it, it scared a lot of people. I, that was the other note I got is it, it hit the mark on scary. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just hoping that, um, I, I can get to the, this book next year and, and really have fun with the character and really develop it. That was going to be one of my questions was just, is I'd love the character of the Jesuit, right? Very he said he loved the character of the Jesuit. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm having some reception problems on you, Cam. I, I didn't pick up. Yeah, it's it's going to be he's going to be an interesting character um, once I introduce his backstory and and really develop it. Um, I, I think if you if you have read When the Gods Fell, um, you may have an idea of what this character is. And uh, you did no forget it because remember when I'm waving my hand over here, I'm up to something over there, and so it's <laughs> it's going to be completely different. But it it does at least introduce the character to to set that up. But I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the story and and I'm uh, and also develop the the fact you like the character because in a short story it's hard to develop a character in that short frame of time. So so listen here here's here's the deal. 
for as long as I've known you, and it's been a couple of years now, you have never failed to surprise me with the way you write, the things you write about, the depth to which you commit to the, whatever it is you're dealing with. <clears throat> but I got to be honest, the last thing that I ever expected from you was a young adult novel that wasn't a young adult novel that is part of a six series arc that you will have done by this summer. You have absolutely flummoxed me once again. And Richard, I can't thank you enough. Our guest tonight has been Richard Paulinelli, and you're going to be hearing more about him. We'd like to get him more involved here on Sci-Fi Saturday Night, even if it means I have to Shanghai him on occasion. <laughs> Richard, thanks a lot, man. Hey, thanks for thanks for having me on, guys, and uh, hang in there. Sooner or later, they're going to let us out of the quarantine cages. I don't know. I'm kind of liking it in here. <laughs> Sci-Fi Saturday Night is the official podcast of Granite Con, Plastic City Comic Con, and the Upper Valley Comic Expo. We are also sponsored by Dreamforge Magazine, a superb magazine of fantasy and science fiction, and Comic Art House. Visit Comic Art House for some of the best deals on original art from dozens of your favorite artists. And if you're looking for a really great gift book for that rapidly approaching semi-annual Fairbanks Melt Day celebration, consider a look at Sci-Fi Saturday Night's first anthology, My Peculiar Family, now on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. My Peculiar Family, the audiobook, is available on Audible, because I'm not sure where else you can find it. Our intro production was provided by Rob Watts. For more of his amazing stuff, just look at robwattsonline.com. And don't forget to try the Watt sauce we have. We love it. Our outro was provided by Lawrence Made Me Cry. You can find Lawrence Made Me Cry's music on Bandcamp. And a whole lot of love to Jojo and Celine. Many thanks to the gang from his booking books. Thank you, Captain Cam. This is Dome saying, Terry and Jeannie shared pain as lessons, shared joy increased. Thus, we all refute entropy. Better things are coming, Stacy. Stay strong, Liz. So, unless it's daytime, good night, everybody. There once was a girl from Nantucket. Good night, everybody. Hey.